This is the Place for a Purpose podcast. We want to help you live out what Jesus said was the most important thing you could do with your life. Love God and love your neighbor, including your next door neighbors. So we're going to keep neighboring on your mind by encouraging you with practical ways to connect with those next door so you can live knowing you've been placed for a purpose because your address is not an accident and neither is your neighbor's. Hi, everyone. Welcome. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how we can love our neighbors well over the holidays because ready or not, it's here. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready for it to be here. It's actually reminding me of the meme you sent me the other day where it said something like leaving to go trick-or-treating, but then coming back in and your house is decorated for Christmas. And it was the surprise, surprise lady. So it's like, surprise, surprise. So I kind of feel that way a little bit. It's like, surprise, surprise. It's December. It is Surprise, surprise. Yep, yep. It's that time of year and it's great. I love Christmas and we love our neighbors, so... It seems like a good time to talk about how to love our neighbors over the holidays. Yeah. And this time of year really is just full of opportunities to connect with neighbors. There's so many great excuses that you can use in order to initiate with them. But the reality is, is that this season is also a very busy time. It's very full and it can often become about us and what we're trying to accomplish and kind of maybe even some of the needs we're trying to meet for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think already I'm looking at the calendar and December is feeling full and it's easy to become kind of self-protective and think, okay, I know we have this many parties. We've got this activity. We've got that event. I need family time. I want some me time. So I guess as you're thinking about the holidays, what are some of those unspoken expectations that you have? Yeah, I always come into this time of the year wanting things to slow down. Mm. And surprise, surprise, (laughs) they never do. But that's what I come in hoping for is like, okay, the kids are wrapping up school. Work is slowing down a little bit. I also have like a list of Christmas movies that I want to watch. It's dark. It's cold. Hopefully there'll be some nights in where we're not just constantly going. And, you know, it's a time to catch my breath and kind of get some of that nostalgia that Mm -hmm. I want to get and that I've experienced in the past. And I'm probably looking for in some ways that I don't even know I'm looking for. Yeah. Neighbors don't necessarily fit into that plan always. I mean, I'm thinking specifically about wanting a clean house. That's an unspoken expectation that I'm not sure is very realistic. But I think about having amazing meals, beating my kids in games of Rummy Cube and Sky Joe. Those are some family games we like to play. And we have this way to celebrate Advent called the Jesse tree, where we pull out this smaller Christmas tree and some ornaments that help us engage in Advent with our kids. But Yeah, I have great intentions of making good food choices and deep cleaning my fridge and decluttering and maybe making extra pastries to have on hand in the freezer for out-of-town guests. But then it seems like every December, the calendar gets crowded, like we said, and I find I'm overextended. And some of these hopes and wishes, they collide basically with my unmet expectations and all these good intentions instead are meeting up with family dynamics that are stressful. And I'm sure we're not the only dysfunctional family out there triggering conversations and social stressors. And it's like all of a sudden 
my hopes for holiday thriving are really more about holiday surviving. And whereas I might want to love my neighbors, and that might be a nice idea, because it's getting at that idea of serving and thinking outside myself and loving others and nurturing. Instead, I'm in self-protection mode and I'm turning inward. Now that we've got everybody triggered with how full their holiday seasons are going to be, now we're going to say, hey, and also this time of year is a great time to love your neighbors. More bricks, less straw, more bricks, less straw. And that's clearly not what we want for this podcast. It feels like an add-on. It feels like an add-on, an impossible add-on. Like, I want to be serving and nurturing towards my own family. I can't always even do that well. So to think beyond my own family, it feels like too much. Yeah, yeah. So rather than inhabiting the holidays and being intentional and present, we are spread out, we're spread thin, we're distracted, and we are quickly becoming inward focused and just trying to survive, right? So how can we actually step outside ourselves? How can we actually think about loving our neighbors? It's going to take some thinking ahead, which is why we're doing this at the beginning of December, and some perspective, I think, that will ground us and practical ideas, but both, Yeah. right? Yep, yep. So we're going to talk about four steps, four ways that we can love our neighbors over the holidays. We're going to talk about being present, both physically and emotionally, slowing down, embracing wonder, and bringing others in. A perspective that I think is really helpful moving into a space that's going to be very full is this idea of seeing Jesus as Emmanuel, which means God with us. And as we think about him coming into our world, arriving as the Savior, that kind of perspective that he came to us, he is with us. It can influence each of these steps about being present and slowing down. And it can give a big picture, I think, to guide our hearts because we need to be kind of grounded heading in. Or we do. We can get caught up in that commercialized. It's like a narrative you get swept into. And I don't want to be swept into that. I don't like that. I don't come out of it feeling full and like there's some spiritual rest that met me during that time. And so thinking of Jesus as our Emmanuel, he has come. He has come into our chaos, into our Decembers, into our expectations. So pausing for a moment, for you, how would you say thinking about Jesus as our Emmanuel, how does that speak to our expectations over the holidays? How could that ground us in thinking about loving our neighbors well? Yeah, I think it's the perspective I need because I talked about this, but I come into this season thinking about things that I want. And on the surface, they may not look selfish, but those expectations that I have, like for things to slow down, for some family time to watch some movies and to be able to create this feeling of nostalgia, those are things that maybe aren't all bad. Those are some of those things are good gifts that I think God wants us to enjoy and experience. But when those expectations come into conflict with my overscheduled realities of this season, I can quickly become self Focus, self preserving. I turn inward. I go into survival mode. And so when I'm singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel in church, I'm reminded that Jesus left the confines of heaven. He took on flesh and took the form of a servant. 
In Matthew 20, Jesus says that I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And so this idea of Jesus being Emmanuel, God with us, I'm reminded that this season isn't about me chasing some nostalgic feeling or getting these expectations met, but it's remembering that Jesus loved me. He loved us. He loved his entire creation. And he came. He came to us. With a servant heart and a servant posture. Yeah, exactly. And he is calling us to experience that love and to remember it and then to follow him and move outward, to extend that love to others, to kind of lift our eyes off ourselves and look to the needs of others. So our first step you mentioned is we want to focus on being present. And this might not sound like this major outward servant-hearted posture. It's just being present. But I think this is really a way not only we can love our own families, extended families, but we can love our neighbors. And that's to be physically present and to be emotionally present. And when we think about Jesus being our Emmanuel, he became a physical being. He was an embodied person with ears and eyes and hands and born into a particular time and place. And we've talked about this before, but it strikes me to think about the fact that he didn't have a million neighbors and he wasn't living alongside every person. He was living alongside particular people. And we are too. We're in physical context. We don't have every address. We have one address. We don't have every neighbor. We have a few neighbors, a certain amount of acquaintances and coworkers and particular kids that God has put in our lives in a physical way. And so thinking about showing up with that kind of servant-hearted posture with our bodies in a physical way, how can we use our hands? How can we use our eyes? How can we use our ears, the bodies that God has given us to be present? I think that's something we don't always think about. Yeah, yeah. Even thinking about our posture, our body posture, and that maybe gets into being emotionally present, but to be physically have an open posture. So think about the ways that we extend touch. And again, we've talked about this before when we talked with Kelly Capic about limits, but just that touch starvation, even in our own families to give a hug, but thinking about neighbors too, just coming in with that mindset that we can be physically present, physically available to serve, to show up. Yeah. I mean, I'm already feeling the like, oof, there might be some decisions that are going to have to be made in order to show up and be physically present at home. Another way that we can be present is emotionally. Jesus was emotionally present and we can be that way too. And I think this is so important when we get into the middle part of this season and the realities are crashing down. Expectations are beginning to pile up. We're getting tired. We've committed to too much and we can begin to check out. We can begin to see people as a task to check off or we're just trying to get things done. And I think this is where we need to think and stop and say, okay, how did Jesus, I mean, he entered into chaos. He was busy. He was 
confronted with a lot of challenging things. And yet he remained present emotionally. He didn't check out. He wasn't checking people off the to-do list, but he would be there. He would look at people and see people. And it says that he would see the crowds and he would have compassion on them and he would love them. And so I think it's good just to pause and just say, how am I doing with my emotions? Sometimes when I'm thinking about getting together with neighbors over the holidays or just how I can serve them, I'm not necessarily thinking about being emotionally present. And if I'm honest, I kind of miss opportunities that are right in front of me. If I end up in a conversation with a neighbor, even at my mailbox, I've seen those conversations when I'm emotionally available, just be filled with connection. And it's not always that you're planning some extravagant holiday event. It could just be in a conversation in passing that when we're emotionally present, maybe we circle back, hey, before the holidays, I saw you early December and you mentioned that family was in town. How was your visit? It's like, oh, whoa, that showed that I was listening. That showed I was present. There was compassion, like you said. Yeah, I think remembering that Jesus is the Emmanuel, he is God with us, helps us to know that he is with us in our emotional struggles during this season, and he can meet us in those. And then also his spirit lives within us and he wants to help us be there emotionally for the people that he brings across our path. Well, and here's another thought. What are some of the emotions that we're going through throughout the holidays? Loneliness, frustration, there's some pain, a lot of times loss. Disappointment. Maybe we're grieving someone who was with us in previous holidays and isn't anymore, and that's super painful. And so being aware of our own emotions, anger, knowing that our neighbors are struggling with all these same things. And so when we see them, it's not just, hey, what's up? It's knowing, oh, that neighbor has probably gone through the same cycle of things I've gone through this holiday or is about to. And so having that on our minds, I think, can guide our prayers even. Yeah, it's good. So we want to be present physically and emotionally. Another way that we can love our neighbors over the holidays is by slowing down. Well, you said you want to slow down. I so why want don't to you? Slow down because I don't set limits. I don't live within limits and I don't say no to things. And I'm not talking about how we need to just be like walled off for sure. But I think that's the self-protection part. Right. That's swinging the opposite direction. I think it's sitting down and thinking, okay, what is one intentional decision that I can make that might provide some space for me to slow down physically and emotionally and in my heart? Because we get tired both ways, both physically and emotionally during this season. And again, Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. I'm reminded of where Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I am gentle and lowly. And so creating that space for us to come to him in our weariness, to slow down and to begin looking around and giving our hearts time to notice our neighbors, maybe going for a walk. I mean, you might find a night that isn't as cold here in December, and maybe it's going for a walk and praying for your neighbors. We just did a guided prayer walk for Thanksgiving. If you haven't done that, maybe that's something that can slow your heart down. 
And it doesn't have to be an hour, too. I mean, the guided prayer walk that we did was 15 minutes on gratitude. And it's counterintuitive because we just keep going and going and going. And really what our bodies and what our hearts are longing for is that slowing. Yeah. What do you do? What helps you slow down if you're able to create that space? So I like to create. I love to create. And so I think about making something, maybe making an ornament, making, I mean, that would be super fun. I would love to do that. Baking, you could bake cookies and then you enjoy that process, but then it's something that you could also give to someone as a gift. Bring over a plate of cookies. Hey, I was thinking of you. You could also, instead of baking cookies for your neighbor, I'm going to Jesus juke you here. You've heard it said that you should bake cookies for your neighbor, but I say, why not bake cookies with your neighbor? How'd I know you were going to say that? (laughs) I've I've heard it before, folks. So walking, creating, baking, these are all ways that we can slow down and we can do it with a outward focused posture. Yep. Yep. Thirdly, and this might sound kind of out there, but I'm going to say it, it's embracing wonder. Okay. Tell us more because that really does sound out there. (laughs) I don't think it sounds that out there, actually. I take back my comment that it's out there. It's not out there. (laughs) I mean, think about when you were little and how easily amazed you were by the little things like a leaf pile. We'll drive by a leaf pile and it's like my kids are like, it's a leaf pile. Or ducks. Ducks, right? You take them to Disney and (laughs) they're like, look, those ducks are amazing. Let's watch the ducks. Take a picture of the ducks. Right. And then you become an adult and we're just not so easily wowed by ordinary things. It takes going to the ocean or the Grand Canyon or like the summer we went to the Grand Tetons and it's like, wow, wow, there's wonder to behold there. And you have this sense of transcendence, like your heart is stirred, your affections are stirred. And so I think about Christmas has the potential to do that in us, that thinking about God making his dwelling among us, as John says in his gospel. And instead of missing it, because we're caught up in the consumer mindset and the calendar crazed, frenzied shopping, whatever, to get caught up in the wonder of Christmas, get caught up in the wonder of God becoming Emmanuel, being with us and letting our imaginations be stirred. Are you with me? Oh, yeah, I'm with you. I think, again, this takes intentionality and it takes remembering that God is with us. But I think one of the ways you could do this is when you're driving home, instead of just thinking about all the to-dos and rushing to get home, which I do often, maybe you pause and you kind of look around your neighborhood as you're driving and, and you ask God to help you see your neighbors with with fresh eyes. And remember, they're created in God's image. They're image bearers that he loves dearly. Maybe it's noticing the sights and sounds of your neighborhood. I know for me, I love Christmas lights and it gets dark sooner. And so instead of just going for a walk and kind of being on your phone, maybe it's putting the phone away and observing and looking at these lights and how they just pierce through the darkness and reminding yourself that Jesus came as a light to the world and that he calls us to be salt and light where he's placed us to be a city on a hill. What kind of wonder could that stir up? 
So I don't know if this idea is translatable exactly. You would have to think about how to do this in your own context. But Columbia, we have several, they're called magic trees. And our church kind of copied the original idea. So we have this giant sycamore tree on our church property that is covered with 200,000 lights. And the idea is that each light is supposed to represent a person in Boone County, which is the area that we live. And it's just what you were saying. It's that idea of the light piercing through the darkness. And people come and they get engaged at the magic tree and they take their picture. And sometimes there's hot chocolate offered. But people come and it does stir that sense of wonder that I was talking about. So it's, it is. It's an opportunity to go and to let your heart be stirred. But then you could also bring a neighbor or you could do something else that's similar. I mean, one thing that probably most people have the opportunity to do is go to a Christmas Eve service. And at our church, they do this idea of transcendence really well on Christmas Eve. So at the end, we close with the song Silent Night, and it's a candlelit service, and it's just absolutely beautiful. And your heart is stirred. And that's something that we long for. And that's something our neighbors are longing for. And so to take advantage of those kinds of opportunities and to show that that's important to you can be something I think that will really serve our neighbors well. Yeah. And so I think it's those are the things that we do in our community. It's kind of maybe pausing and saying, what are some of those opportunities in my community where I could invite a neighbor to go experience some of this wonder that's available and be reminded in part that God is with us. Okay, so kind of just recapping here, we want to big picture remember that Jesus is Emmanuel, that he is God with us. And that helps us be present both physically and emotionally. It can help us slow down and it can help us experience childlike wonder. And lastly, another way that we can love our neighbors during the holidays is by bringing them in and reaching out to them. And again, we know this, but I think it's helpful to say it again, that the holidays are challenging and they can be challenging for our neighbors. They leave us wanting Mm -hmm. and they'll leave our neighbors wanting as well. There are feelings of isolation, grief, disappointment, unmet expectations. It can be a really challenging time. And so to be invited in and served, loved on, initiated towards can really mean a lot. Just to clarify, right? If we feel like our houses have to be perfect and we have to have this amazing charcuterie spread, most of us are not going to do that. So I would say to someone listening, don't overcomplicate it. Don't overdo it. Don't overthink it. Think simple and think together. So think sweats and soup. Say, hey, we're doing a sweats and soup night. And guess what? Your neighbor wants that too. Oh, yeah. They don't need another fancy, glitzy party. We have plenty of those. Put on a Christmas movie and invite them over. I'm thinking of an idea we've done for years and weren't able to pull it off this year after Thanksgiving because we had family in town during when we normally do it. But something that we could try again is this idea of having neighbors bring their leftovers We're not even providing the food in that context. It's just one thing we've done. We do it after Thanksgiving, bring some leftovers and we'll just be together. Yeah, I think it's good to think of something you already want to do over the holiday season. Like I want to watch 
some of these Christmas movies. I want to be in my sweats and I like soup and I like Christmas cookies. So do something around what you already want to do and extend the invitation to a neighbor. And I think too, there are a lot of things that don't deliver during this holiday season like I think they will. But one thing that always does is reaching out, is getting my eyes off myself, serving, connecting, extending an invitation, loving on people. And it reminds me of the beatitude, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for putting things right and seeing God's kingdom come, for they will be satisfied. There is something about doing these things showing and sharing the love of Jesus, especially during this time, that is especially satisfying in ways that other things that we do during this holiday season aren't. So in a commercialized, me-centered culture, neighboring over the holidays, it can feel counterintuitive. This whole conversation, it's like, really? Really? Like what you just said, it can really be rewarding? And it can. That's the kingdom of God. We can experience the reality of Advent in our neighborhoods when we slow down, embrace that wonder, we're present at home, and we bring our neighbors in. And these pastures give us hope that there's rest to be had, even in December, even in December. And instead of showing up in January as feeling soul-starved from all the busyness and all the overextending, maybe, just maybe, we'll be surprised by how Advent rekindled the wonder of God in our neighbors and in us. Thanks for tuning in. Leave us a comment with your thoughts on today's episode or let us know other topics related to neighboring you want to talk about. Or follow the link in the show notes to share a neighboring story with us. Tell us what you're trusting God for in your neighborhood and how you're seeing God at work. You can also follow Placed for a Purpose on Instagram, and you can help others find us by leaving a review, subscribing, and sharing this episode with a friend. Mm -hmm.